Grace and peace to you, and welcome to our guided liturgy podcast. My name is Seth Slay, and I'm the music and arts pastor here at Bloom Church in Denver, Colorado. This week we are finally back discussing the first week of the new season we're in called Epiphany. And Epiphany is the season where we focus on the incarnation of Christ, the fact that Christ was with us in the world, Emmanuel. On today's episode, we will guide you through the liturgy and the prayers, and you'll also hear a song that was written within our community and a discussion on the gospel passage that was given to us by the lectionary this week, which talks about Jesus' first miracle of turning water to wine. We also referenced the sermon from the gatherings this past weekend, where Dave gave a pretty compelling visual illustration about water and wine. That If you'd like to see that, I'll be linking the video in the show notes, so you can go there. You can also listen to that whole sermon on our Talks podcast feed, which you can find just by searching Bloom Church Denver Talks, wherever you get your podcasts. So Bloom, as we begin our liturgy today, let's just take a moment to put our feet on the ground if you're able to feel our breath and our lungs going in and out, to trust that we are held and loved by Christ. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Bloom, let us join with the church worldwide in praying the prayer of the day. Almighty God, whose Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, is the light of the world, grant that your people, illumined by your word and sacraments, may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory, that he may be known, worshipped, and obeyed to the ends of the earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sin together. Lord Jesus, illuminate the darkness in our hearts. Lord, have mercy. Lord, Lord have mercy. Lord Jesus, open our eyes to your saving love. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, unstop our ears to hear your living word. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. people who hunger and thirst 
Hear a reading from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 62. Because I love Zion, I will not keep still. Because my heart yearns for Jerusalem, I cannot remain silent. I will not stop praying for her until her righteousness shines like the dawn and her salvation blazes like a burning torch. The nations will see your righteousness. World leaders will be blinded by your glory. 
and you will be given a new name by the Lord's own mouth. The Lord will hold you in his hand for all to see, a splendid crown in the hand of God. Never again will you be called the forsaken city or the desolate land. Your new name will be the city of God's delight and the bride of God. For the Lord delights in you and will claim you as his bride. Your children will commit themselves to you, O Jerusalem, just as a young man commits himself to his bride. Then God will rejoice over you as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Here a reading from Psalm 36. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains, your justice like the ocean depths. You care for people and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your river of delights. For you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. Pour out your unfailing love on those who love you. Give justice to those with honest hearts. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Here reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 2. The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One thing that we say around Bloom is that to see Jesus in the way that Jesus loved and lived and brought about a new reality is to see what God is like. So in this first miracle at this wedding, not only is there symbolism, it's wrought with meaning and parallels that it draws to 
who Jesus is in their midst. It happens on the third day of the wedding celebration. The vessels used for religious purposes were repurposed for a party. We could go into all that this passage holds for us, but I want to call us to focus on what it reveals about the character of Christ, what Christ does with us, with this world, with situations in which the thing that sustains us runs dry. And so you have old wine, water, and new wine. They come to Jesus and they say, the wine's run out. He doesn't make more of the old wine. He doesn't find the recipe somehow and create more of what they had. Instead, he goes to water. He goes to the most basic element, that which the Spirit hovered over in creation, that which is used to welcome people in baptism into the life of the church, of the community of faith on the earth, that which satisfies our thirst. He goes to water, and he makes it into something new. I think in some way it speaks to the creativity of Christ, that he allows the wine to run dry, but he's not bound to recreate that which ran dry. He creates something new. He creates something better. He creates something unexpected, and he creates it from water. The master of ceremonies expects the quality of this wine to go down through the days because these ceremonies lasted days. So you'd give your best wine first, and then when people have had a lot, you pull down the quality of the wine so that you're at box wine by the end of the ceremony and you started opening up these beautiful bottles of wine. That's the expectation. But Jesus doesn't perform this miracle to satisfy our expectations. He injects into the situation the creativity of God, and he gives them something better than they had. I think that as we took time on Sunday to, to literally visualize this in front of us, old wine that Jesus let expire, water, this basic element, and the new wine that was made from the water. We spent some time thinking about what is that in our lives? Where are these places that Christ has allowed our vessels to run dry? Where are the dreams that Christ has allowed to expire? The hopes. And what's the basic element in front of us? The normalcy of our lives, the patterns, the rhythms in which we live. Water, something that's waiting to be transformed into something completely unexpected, not only to replace what has run dry in us, but to give us a solution and to give us a reality that we couldn't have imagined. Being with Jesus is like drinking new wine, offering up to him water, the normalcy of who we are, the predictability of our rhythms, and seeing what he'll do with it. That's the life of faith. And it never disappoints, always surprises, causes us to hope, to be able to leave that which has expired, that which has run dry behind, because we know what Christ does with water, with basic elements, with us. So I'm just picturing those three elements laid out before us. I invite you to do the same as you join us in this podcast, in this story. Where's the vessel that's run dry for you? Where is the water, the normalcy, the simple, 
the mundane? And where's the new wine? If there's anything that the past two years has taught me, it's that that I've, I've never longed for newness as much as I do now. Like, I'm so tired of this old stuff that's going on, that's been going on for the past, you know, however long this pandemic has been going on now. And so when I hear this, like, especially the way you talk about it, Dave, being like, the old has expired, like it's gone away, which actually makes a lot of sense based on what Jesus says later in his ministry when he oh, says totally. that, you know, I'm making all things new, like the old has passed away and the new has come. Like that to me is what he's talking, that's, that's what he's doing. He's like literally doing that and then he says it. That's like his whole ministry. It's yeah. like, let me do something new in you, you know? And like, all of a sudden he's like, I'm on the scene. Here's, our, here's the miracle. Here's the thing that we're gonna do. I'm, yeah. I'm here. And it's all about newness. It's all about like something that's better than what we already have. And it's like a true version of that, not just like a grass is greener type of situation, but like a, here is literally something that's better that I just created out of, out of something really basic. Mm-hmm. And the thing that you've had for so long that you've been grown used to has been fine, but this is better. And like, I'm giving this to you, it's a gift. I, I love that. And that's something that I, I have to like remind myself of all the time, especially right now. Like, yeah. It's okay to like hope for something new because that's what Jesus promises us all the yeah. time. Like it's new and it's beautiful. And so like that's, it's, it's been so hard to do that, but it's something that's so important, I think, for all of us to recognize that like newness is something that Jesus promises us. He says, I'm doing it. He says, behold, he like draws attention to it. Mm-hmm. I'm doing something new. So like, let's embrace it. And so that, that, that's what this passage talks, that's what it says to me in ways that I haven't really heard it before. Yeah, that's great. I think for me, kind of piggybacking off of what you're saying, Seth, kind of coming away, maybe feeling hopeful in the way that you've shared this with us, Dave, the difference being, I think for me, just finding myself in a really dry season, just a really dry season. And I think subconsciously, maybe assuming some of that comes from the water part of the analogy of just the mundane and the normal. And like, I feel like some things have already expired (laughs) or have Mm -hmm. passed or expectations. I'm, you know, recognizing the death of some of those things. And so being in that middle place, not only being hopeful that something new is coming, but when you talked about like really leaning into the normal and the mundane and just being very aware and sensitive to that was just encouraging to me. Even going back to those prayers now, when I think about it, when we were talking about like bringing joy in alongside like grief, like kind of in that middle where there is like a death a little bit, or you're grieving kind of what isn't to be or, disappointment or longing the joy of what's to come can that you know does that overlap in that middle I just keep seeing the wine glass of water that you had sitting on the table that was in the middle where it was not yet and so I just I want I don't want to resent that this season 
but I want to be not only hopeful. You talked about it being like a step of faith and trusting that something new is coming. Um, but also I want, I don't want to like numb out until it comes. I want to, okay, like a prayer, like open my eyes to just what is right now, even if it isn't even wine yet. And so, yeah, it's encouraging and challenging at the same time. I feel like that's such a good posture to have too, just because it's very like invitational. Like you're like, I want, I really want this. I, I like want the hope to come. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's also like newness is hard sometimes. Right. Especially for like, I, I know there are some type of crazy people who are like, I want to, I want everything to change all the time. And they like that. And I, I think I'm probably more like that than my wife is. My wife is like, if anything changes, we don't, I need like a week to like recover from it, you know? <laughs> and so, which I, she would say that too. So yeah. I feel comfortable <laughs> saying that here on this podcast. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that could be what it is too. Like, because it's changed, it's like something different than what you've been dealing with. It's not the status quo anymore. It's like a new version of that. And so that's really scary because it's unknown, you know? And that I think is a hard concept for us. Yeah. You know, not to just beat this story to death, but, you know, let's extract all the meaning we can. <laughs> Water was required for the new. Mm-hmm. That's something that Janie and I, in the break that we just had, like it was very... It was this tangible sense of we have to actively let some dreams and expectations expire that have really kept us from from being present in the now. Mm-hmm. And what's hard about that, you know, we're driving back from Texas talking about like just naming it, like this needs to expire. This expectation, this hope, it wasn't bad. It served us for a season, but we don't know what's next. We don't know if what we'll get is better, but the path to get there is to be completely immersed and embodied in the now. And I was like with my kids on Monday, so frustrated, all of them, so mad at parks. Awesome. <laughs> I, it's hard. It's like, ah, I want to kind of exist above the now. I don't want to be dragged into it because it's hard to be here and, mm-hmm and not know what Christ is doing with this. But uh, yeah, I was frustrated with, with Parks. When I was putting him to bed, his hand grabbed my finger and he would not let go. He just held my finger. I prayed and repented and it was like, God, I have been frustrated with this little boy. I've been angry with him today. And I felt myself be pulled into the moment as I was like, I need, I want to be better. And that was this glimpse of, for me, what Christ does with the mundane, with the normal, with the boring, with the frustrating. When you enter in, and I did for the first time in a long time, like, was like, Jesus, help me love this kid and raise this kid right and be kind to him. I told Janie later, like, that was a small glimpse of, okay, this is what's being asked of us in this season. Just let yourself be in it. See what Christ does with it. And that's definitely where I am. 
Well, I mean, I was going to share. Work was hard this week, which I feel like is how <laughs> every single one of my stories goes. <laughs> but work was hard this week. And I'm going to share really embarrassingly vulnerably. So, you know, take this as you will. But I had lost hope in something really big at work. So it was the third night in a row where I was just crying in the bathtub. And I realized like that hope was the issue and that I needed help because I couldn't like muster the hope and I couldn't see past this issue I was having at work. And I, I did a classic Anne Lamott who says the one prayer that's always answered is the help, right? Help me. Mm. And I said, um, God, I can't. I mean, I'm realizing now that what I said was like, I can't do this old wine anymore. Mm-hmm. And I need hope and I need help. And yeah, I don't hear the voice of God. So like, let's just calm down thinking I'm anything special. But I got out of the bath and I feel like God said, I want you to water your plants and I want you to adore them as you water them. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, must have been the kombucha, right? That was a little high in alcohol or something. But I began to water the plants, and it really is a place of, plants are a place of joy for me. And I, I, as you were talking, Dave, it just became really clear that this season I'm being called into is the water season, right? Where I don't know what's next. But I know, like, what, by the time I was done... I kept crying, but in this, like, (laughs) previously it was in a hopelessness. I began to water these plants, and I just began to feel how adored I was and how I was being watered in this season of just not knowing if there will be wine, (laughs) if, if the water will change. It's the same issue. It's the same thing I'm always complaining about. And, and so I, I, it has sustained me and it has begun. I, I won't say I have a tremendous amount of hope, but I will say that I felt really seen by God in that moment and watered <laughs> in my own way. I feel like God was adoring me in that moment. Like I will give you help. I will give you hope in the places you don't have it, even though I'm not fully there yet. Um, so I just, I appreciate that image that, there's this middle ground, and then if you pan it out, it's like COVID, and we're all kind of like, we're tired of this being the reality. Can we hold on? Can we at least have you know enough hope to say water can be more when Jesus interacts with it? I love how Jesus uses these like teaching moments. It always seems like he's like, giving us instructions while kind of like raising his eyebrows a little bit like hey what do you think you should maybe like try to throw your net on the other side of the boat (laughs) see what happens you know yeah like it it almost i i like that picture because it feels like god is almost like feeling joy in us feeling good about ourselves you know like i love i love that you felt like god was saying like water your plants and then because it feels like one of those yeah. moments, like God, kind of like he, he, like in the corner, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like I knew this wait. was going to happen, <laughs> you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, like all of a sudden it's like, oh, you you thought you were loving your plants, but really it's me who's loving, loving you. you. You know, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that so yeah. much. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's like so characteristic of Jesus. I know. I, know. <laughs> I didn't realize until just now. <laughs> I mean, you see it in his prayer that you know, John seventeen. Like I have been with them. I've loved them. I've showed them what you're like, drawn them into this reality. And you really can't escape it. I mean, every turn, Jesus is in some way saying, this is the one who knit you together, who holds you, who loves you, who sees you. This is what God is like. Mm -hmm. And I love that the first miracle is at a wedding and involves wine. Because I think we all do live somewhere in that tension of we're somewhere between that which is expiring, which was good, and then we're on the cusp of the unimaginable. And it's how we, it's, you know, like what we're all talking about. How do we hold ourselves within that? And it's not to escape. Mm -hmm. And we know that the only place the human mind can't be is in the present. Spirit (laughs) can be in the present. The mind can't. So we're always called into being embodied and being present with Christ who is present in the now, in that tension. Interesting, yeah. But you know, that's the rhythm of creation. I was listening to someone that was, that's really smart, and he said, uh, you know, when the dinosaurs went extinct, Mother Nature didn't struggle to create more dinosaurs. Instead, this whole new iterations of life exploded on the scene. Christ creator, there's no lack of creativity within God. And I think, I love like how this, the energy of this conversation is going because it's drawing us to that, to realize that there's no lack of creativity, creative power within Christ. And we're constantly being called to, to expect and to hope. And that's falling into the rhythm of all creation herself. Please join me for the prayers. We pray for the coming of God's kingdom. You sent your son to bring good news to the poor, sight to the blind, freedom to the captives, and salvation to your people. Anoint us with your spirit, rouse us to work in his name, Father, by your spirit. Bring in your kingdom. Send us to bring help to the poor and freedom to the oppressed. Father, by your Spirit, bring in your kingdom. Send us to tell the world the good news of your healing love. Father, by your Spirit, bring in your kingdom. Send us to those who mourn to bring joy and gladness into grief. Father, by your Spirit, bring in your kingdom. Send us to proclaim that the time is here for you to save your people. Father, by your Spirit, bring in your kingdom. Father, use us, unworthy as we are, to bring in your kingdom of mercy, justice, love, and peace. Empower us by your Spirit and unite us in your Son, that all our joy and delight may be to serve you now and forever. Amen. Amen.